Dr. Charles Benz here, and you're reaching us on Healing Trends with Dr. Benz, a podcast that we offer every week to help people to prevent and, if necessary, treat chronic illness with natural therapies. And today we have a really interesting topic. Uh, We're calling it Full Spectrum Cancer Prevention and Treatment. And you'll understand why we need full spectrum treatment uh, when we start to talk to my friend and colleague, Dr. John Barson. And John, I hope you don't mind me giving you this promotion, but I think you deserve it. (laughs) I was just going to say. Well, I'm not not a doctor, but uh, I have been researching health and interviewing doctors for 22 years. Well, I think that by osmosis, then you have at least three or four PhDs. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I do have differences of opinion sometimes with uh, doctors, depending on uh, whether they're allopathic or functional medicine doctors. Well, I think you'll find this opening line particularly interesting because a, a new study came out recently and it said that 74% of cancer patients did not find out they had cancer through some kind of pre-screening or some diagnostic tool. They found out because they had very serious health problems and were diagnosed with cancer. So that means like 26% of people are actually doing something proactive in order to find a cancer if they suspect it or if it's in their family or they're just trying to be precautionary. And I think that's a really, really bad level. And uh, I think the evidence of that is the number of people that I know personally now, almost every week that are coming up with cancer, a niece that is 50 some years old, uh, a fellow member of mine on the high school um, baseball team. I was a pitcher, he was the catcher. And he died uh, just a couple of weeks ago as a result of cancer and then a complication with COVID. And then I have a neighbor across the street that has kidney cancer and had to have one of his kidneys removed. So this is just something that every week I get more and more of these personal uh, situations. And I also got an invite from the uh, Annie Appleseed conference to do another keynote address. This will be my fifth one for them in over 10 years. And uh, it's really funny when you get an invite from someplace and they don't ask you what it is you're going to talk about. They just say, whatever it is you want to talk about, you go ahead and, and, and we'll put you right at the top of the list of our keynote speakers. That's really a compliment to me because they know I'm always working on it and always trying to find something new. And the last four that I did, I think they, they turned out to be pretty good. So a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about today really has to do with my upcoming presentation to this National Cancer Conference. So I'm going to really count on you to give me some feedback and see what you think about the approaches that I'm putting forward. But, but first, maybe some personal experiences of your own or some other ideas that you have that you've been harboring for a while and want to share with us. Well, yeah, I, I, think, I think the issue with uh, cancer screening is, uh, I mean, that's, that's, just, that's just the nature of people. I, I think people are uh, hesitant 
to want to know if there's something wrong and uh, are seem to be much more willing to wait until um, their condition deteriorates or the symptoms are bad enough that they have to go see a doctor and get a pill. Um, yeah, I, I know I've, I've tested people for um, over a decade now and uh, when, I, when I ask people if they want to find out how, you know, what their health state is, most of the time they're not interested. Yeah, we have that same problem with our artificial intelligence platform where we can, we can say to people, look, you not only can find out your current health status, you can find out what's happening in your body so that we can actually, we have what we call predictive analytics. And then we can tell you within five years what the percentage of, uh, of probability will be that you'll have a chronic illness like diabetes or cancer or heart disease. And you're right, they don't want to know until you say to them, if you find it early through this kind of uh, artificial intelligence analysis, there's about a 95% chance you can prevent it. Whereas if you wait until you get the diagnosis, the numbers go completely in the other direction. Then they're interested. <laughs> then they're interested. I know, I remember I, I tested a woman in, in, in Las Vegas with the Body Health Analyzer and, and the readings were so bad, I thought, oh geez. I'd never seen reading so bad, and uh, I thought, well, maybe there's something wrong. I, I said, I think I better retest you, and she said, oh, no, it's okay. I, I, I've got stage four cancer. I was like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah, what were you going to tell me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, listen, here's a heads up for women, because this is, this is kind of one of the examples that I use most of the time. We know that a majority of the recommendations for women on breast cancer is that they should get it after age 40 or even after age 50. Right. And I, w I would say that's one of the worst recommendations that you can follow because most of the times uh, breast cancer will start around uh, late 20s and early 30s. And so you really can't see anything with a mammogram because you need 4 billion cells uh, in one tumor in order to see it. And then you only get like a 65% accuracy rate. And so by doing that, you're kind of eliminating a 20 year window where you could be actually using thermography to find like 200 cells that are getting heated up and starting to show signs that they're moving towards cancer. If you can find those cells and then you can actually do some detoxification, change your diet, uh, do, do some things that are proactive, you have a chance to reverse that so that in three to six months when you do another thermograph, you'll find that those cells are gone. That's eight to 10 years before mammograms can see anything. So that's just one example. We're gonna talk about a lot of other different tests today that are used that have the same kind of efficacy and the same kind of effectiveness because we know cells go through six stages of cellular deterioration. Yes. And the last stage is cancer or heart disease or Alzheimer's or whatever. Let's find those cells when they're in stage one, two, and three. That's when we can really prevent cancer at a very, very high level. Yes. Couldn't agree with you more. And step one, get your vitamin D level up. Yes, absolutely. It's, it's the number one thing. You're 100% you're right. And, you know, the doctors, some of the doctors will say, oh, well, you know, you're 30 or 40, that's okay. 30, 40 nanograms per milliliter is not a really high level. It's not going to prevent a lot of these cancers. And so you need your levels up in the 60 and 70 range uh, nanograms per milliliter. All the tests, all the studies that are done 
show that that's the level at which people and women really start to get the benefit. And so we recommend people take three, four, five thousand uh, international units of vitamin D daily. But they should also test to make sure that they're not yes. kind of going too high because you don't want to get them to be above 100. And so anywhere from 50 to 60 up to 90 or 100 is a safe range. A little bit higher will prevent uh, COVID and uh, flus and, and colds and, and cancer. I mean, that's the great thing about vitamin D3. So you're right. That's number one. Well, I'm, I'm, coin I'm coining a new phrase. I'm coining a new phrase. My new phrase is 70 for 70. Oh, okay. <laughs> you want to get your levels up to you want to get your your levels up to seventy because uh, it reduces breast cancer by over seventy percent. It reduces prostate cancer by over seventy percent, and reduces colon cancer by over seventy percent. And it's like what five dollars oh a month? God, it's so cheap. Yeah, it's so inexpensive. It's unbelievable. Yes. Anyways, okay. Sorry. Let's get into the meat of the matter. I want to talk about optimizing optimizing cancer prevention and recovery. Well, here's the, here's the cool thing. I, I always look at the headlines. And so this is a headline from just a couple of days ago. This vegetable stocks disease and tumors like a guard dog. Guess what it is? It's broccoli. Okay. And so we've known about broccoli for a long time, uh, but new science is coming out all the time on broccoli. And so, you know, we have to say, wait a minute, we kind of knew about this. But now we're finding out more about it and we're even more excited about it. We have another article that does the same thing on omega-3s. 70% reduction in the risk of cancer if your um, omega-3s are in, in a good level. And with that, you have a test that you can do for the omega-3-6 ratio. Mm -hmm. And if your omega-3-6 ratio is in the right range, then bingo, you're, you're up in these optimized prevention category. And then for treatment, we've been talking about vitamin C for a long time. New study out, vitamin C IVs are now becoming the go-to adjunctive treatment for almost all cancers. In other words, you have your core cancer treatment, but in addition to that, we're asking uh, doctors to consider adding three or four or five different things that are called adjunctive treatments and vitamin C um, intravenously is the number one adjunctive therapy that most doctors are not recommending. So I know that you probably have some, uh, some ideas about that too. I mean, if you have any, any other things that go into this really prevention thing, in addition to the ones you and I just talked about, I think now's the time to bring them up. Well, yeah, I mean, um, we've talked in the past too about environmental uh, toxins, right? What's going on in our house, what's going on in our, the chemicals in our clothes, the chemicals in our water, the drugs in our water. Um, um, you know, there's just so much that you can do to clean up your personal space, I guess. <laughs> um, not the least of which would be to get a good, uh, good air filter in your house, but we need to look at everything. We have to look at our lifestyle. Well, there, there you go. There's the next item because you can have these adjunctive treatments and we would say that's the start of the full spectrum approach because obviously you're going to come up with your, your, your oncologist is going to come up with your core treatment. Now we hope that people will be uh, taking advantage of the fact that there are different kinds of, of oncologists and we would like to recommend that people use integrative medicine uh, oncologists so that they know 
all of the allopathic treatments and they know all of the functional medicine treatments and they can they can then intertwine and intertwine these different treatments to get this adjunctive approach so you got your core therapy usually it's some kind of immunotherapy and then you've got these adjunctives and so vitamin c is one of them adding vitamin d3 is another one and specialized pro-resolving mediators is another one uh, where they can take these six resolvins that are in these full spectrum of, uh, of treatment and they can actually do intravenous treatments on uh, specialized pro-resolving mediators. And then there's modified citrus pectin, an amazing, amazing cancer prevention and treatment tool. And then we've got things like hyperthermia. So cancer does not like heat and uh, you can actually use hyperthermia, both uh, targeted and full body. And uh, we've got sound waves. A new article came out just this week about the use of sound waves to destroy uh, tumors. And then there's one that I really like. You know, Go ahead. I, 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 yeah, I, on that, on that, <laughs> you were, when you brought that up the other day when we were talking about uh, getting ready for the show, it reminded me in the 90s, uh, a friend uh, of my, of uh, a friend up in North Vancouver had uh, invited us up to his house and he wanted to show us his new studio so uh we show up and we're down in the basement and we walk into this room and there was a, a bed in the middle of the room one wall was covered in like floor to ceiling wall to wall in speakers different types of speakers crystal tweeters uh, subwoofers i mean it was just i got out of a science fiction movie and and then he had his a little control room and he says okay you want to try this out he said just lie down on the bed and uh and relax and let me do my thing. So he goes into the control room and he starts playing audio, music, um, sounds. And it just, it was so amazing. I, I walked out of there. It was almost, it was almost an out-of-body experience. So, yes, I'm, I'm up well, on sound. And, and, and I think that um, there's frequencies that are modulate differently with different sounds. But I think in this case, they were using high frequency. And they were actually like... Uh, exploding the tumor and, uh, and and then finding a good way to, to, to move those cells out of the body. And, and they do the same thing with, uh, with kidney stones. And uh, you, you, have to, you have to wear these, <laughs> these earphones on and they just, they, they literally break the, uh, the, the kidney stones apart. I think it's similar to that is what they're doing for cancer now. So there's both the Kind of preventative thing, frequency-friendly uh, cancer prevention and treatment, and then there's this can aggressive uh, sound sound therapy. The other one that I put in the, the category of adjunctive, and I'll go over these again later, is uh, sonophotodynamic therapy, and this is where uh, there's uh, only one state, Indiana, that uh, really their medical board has uh, certified this. And they actually flood the body with chlorophyll uh, through oral use. In other words, you get you know hundreds and thousands of milligrams of the chlorophyll in the body. And the healthy cells will get rid of it within 24 hours, but the cancer cells hold on to it. They must like it for some reason. And so at, between that 24 hour and that 48 hour period, then they use ultrasound and then the chlorophyll explodes inside the cancer cell into oxygen molecules which kill the cancer. I mean, that's a simplified version of this thing, but 
I'm telling you, they use this therapy in the clinic in Indiana, and then they take a, a, a year's supply of chlorophyll and a small portable ultrasound unit, and they let these people go ahead and do this therapy in their home as a kind of an adjunctive therapy after the main therapy, and the survival rates are off the chart. Unbelievable how well it works. And so that's sort of the point of the whole full spectrum approach. If you and it's only, only one do state. With, there's, hang on, there's only one state that yeah, does this. Only one state did this. I mean, who knows how they got a hold of this? This started in Europe and Germany, and then it spread to other countries in Switzerland and Austria, and then somebody in Mexico got a hold of it, and they've been using it for about ten years, and then about five or six years ago. The, a doctor in Indiana went to Mexico and asked the guy in Mexico to come up and teach him how to do it. And he did it, and he went to the medical board and got approval. How, how he did it, I mean, I, I don't know, because this is not really what Big Pharma likes to do. They don't like to permit this kind of stuff, but he must have had a friend on the Indiana medical board. And so, unfortunately, yeah, you have to go there to get it, or, or in Mexico or, or in Europe, you will be able to get it. It's absolutely scientifically based treatment. And the nice thing about it is, it's for those kinds of cancers that may be everywhere in the body. In other words, if you have a single tumor, all right, we know we can go after that and kill it and we can shrink it and we can see you know, that there's a, an effective treatment going on. But if it's dispersed throughout the body, or even if it's in the lungs and you have many nodules all over the place in the lungs, this is a really difficult cancer to treat. And so this is where this sonophotodynamic therapy comes in. And, and that's what I like about most of these adjunctive therapies. Vitamin C, full body. Vitamin D, full body. Specialized pro-resolving mediators, full body. Modified citrus pectin, full body. Hypothermia, you can do targeted or full body. And so I like to say, wait a minute, this cancer can go anywhere. Just because you can only see it here in a tumor doesn't mean that it isn't in other places. And that's where the oncologists miss the, the boat here. And that's why most people that have had chemotherapy, within about six months to three years, they have a reoccurrence. And that's because when you have cancer treatment, you're treating all these cancer cells. But one out of 10,000 cancer cells is called a stem cell. And that stem cell survives that cancer treatment because it has a different kind of metabolism and a different ability to adapt to what's going on. And one of the adaptations that it makes is it, de it develops a defense for that particular treatment. So if you try that chemotherapy again, 99 times out of 100, it fails. And then the doctors scratch their head and go, I wonder why this is. It's because stem cells have taken over. And so that's part of the adjunctive full-spectrum full treatment. We know which nutrients can kill stem cells. And this is another one of the full-spectrum things that we think every oncologist should be using these kinds of adjunctive kind of supportive therapies in order to make sure the cancer doesn't come back. That's one of the biggest problems. Most of the deaths don't come uh, in, in, in the first phase. They usually come in the second or third phase of the cancer. Right. And then, of course, there's the damage um, from chemotherapy. Well, exactly. For people that because go that route. You've got to keep your healthy cells healthy. 
Yes. And, and, and so that's a completely different spectrum. Like, I would only say that cancer, the core treatment, is about 30% of the, thing, of the problem. The other 70% is all these other things. This adjunctive therapy, detoxification, nutrition. And now there's a book out that says, wait a minute, we used to think that sugar was the only thing that cancer fed on. Well, now we know from Jane McClellan's book, uh, Starving Cancer, that's not true. Some, some cancers like fat, some cancers like protein. And so you, you can't say, okay, just you know, get rid of the sugar because that's gonna be the main thing. And even the oncologists who are allopathic doctors don't even know about that. When you ask them, should we eat differently? They go, oh no, you can eat anything you want. And yeah, I know that drives, that's absurd. <laughs> garbage in, garbage out, right? Well, we've known it for 20 years. Yeah. And, and so it, they've been in denial for 20 years that sugar is a problem. How long is it going to take? Let them find out that protein and, uh, and, and fats also feed on some cancers. And so that's why I would say, I say to everybody, if you have a diagnosis of cancer, first thing you should do is get the Jane McClellan book because you've got to eat right. And if you don't eat right, then, and she talks about the stem cells and she talks about some of these other therapies. And so you get more than just the analysis of the, of the nutrition needed. You, you get a lot of things because she's like a 25 year survivor now. And she's had, you know, stage three or four cancer in like right. four or five different parts of her body. And so this is a woman who's lived it. I mean, and, and really done the research and, and, and really has a, an outstanding best-selling book. So, yeah, Jane McClellan, um, Starving Cancer. So those are some of the things that I think people should think about. Um, but you, you're right on track with the replacement process. If you don't protect the healthy cells and produce new replacement healthy cells, then you're, you're vulnerable again. And so we could talk about that uh, almost all day. Um, but the, surpri the surprising thing is nutrition and supplements like one or two, one and two on a list of nine things that, the, that this woman did uh, in a book that she wrote on cancer. And the third one was positive attitude. Yeah, positive attitude. I mean, she had a supportive she had a supportive group around her. I mean, she had a thousand women, and uh, this was uh, I think it was Kelly Turner was the name of the lady who wrote this book, and uh, she did uh, interviews of about a thousand patients, I guess, cancer patients, and they were all survivors. All right, and one of the things that she noticed is all the doctors said the reason that they uh, they they survived is they had spontaneous remission. They couldn't explain it any other way because they didn't look for any other way. But when she did the deeper research, and this was a research that she did on her PhD, she found out that they did a hell of a lot more than just sit around and hope for, for, for a, a good recovery. They did a lot of these adjunctive therapies. They did nutrition. They did detoxification. They did stem cell uh, prevention. Uh, they did healthy cell repair and replacement. They did a lot of these things, but they also had positive attitudes. And so they weren't stressed out and they were really getting it. They had a plan and they were following the plan and then they had a support group and they're the ones that are stage four cancer survivors. I thought that was amazing. Yeah, Kelly Turner. 
Yeah, so there's lots of people can do. They can start at your website. You've got great resources on your website too. I should point that out. I got two cancer uh, prevention thing. This is really cool because I, I found a, a new source of something that we can talk about in a minute too. I thought, I thought, you know what? I know about these six stages of cellular deterioration. And so I looked for all the markers in stage one, which is stressed cells, and stage two, which is weakened cells, and stage three, which is challenged cells. And I said, what are the markers for these things? Well, listen, sugar is, is one of the markers, okay? If, if you have elevated sugar levels, most of the blood tests that are out there will not tell you that you do because they, they do it with uh, fasting blood tests, like the A1C and the total glucose. Right. That doesn't, that doesn't tell you what's going on after your meals. And so the glycomark test, a glycomark test actually tells you what your glucose levels are throughout the whole day. And so it will tell you, because the, the, they used to do, well, they still do one for women called the glucose challenge test, where they give you 75 grams of sugar and glucose, and then they measure you over a three-hour period every half hour to see how well your insulin receptors and your pancreas respond to that infusion of glucose. Well, that takes three hours and it's expensive. And so when they find out that they could do this with one test, the glycomark test, this is one that goes right down there, in my opinion, with the vitamin D. Because if you have these elevated sugar levels and you have low vitamin D levels, that's like a one-two punch. You're, you're, gonna, you're gonna end up with something bad. And if it's cancer, you know, there's a high probability that it will happen. We put all these tests together for these stage one, two, and three cellular deterioration things. And now we, that we use that as a cancer detection, you know, it's a prevention test because people can look at that and they can go, oh my God, I've got fibrosis happening. I've got uh, insulin receptors that aren't working. I got vitamin D3 levels that are low. And so you can then find out how vulnerable you are to cancer with that test. And so uh, I've had people use it very extensively when they had a history of cancer in their family and they found things and went, okay, we've got to protect this, we've got to help change that. And the next thing you know, they were healthier and their tests came back six months, a year later, all those things had been corrected. So it's possible to do it. And now there's a new test out. I don't know whether you know about this one, John. It's called the uh, Galleria, G-A-L-L-E-R-I. Yeah, I was reading up on that. And it's a test that can actually tell you whether you have early stages of 50 different cancers. Now, early stages is still, you know, better than late stages. Not as good as the previous one where you get it before it becomes can cancer. Like it's a, pre mine is a precancerous test. This one is an early cancer test. Mine is about $700 for the, uh, I mean, there's two versions. There's one that's like 500 and there's a more extensive one that's 700. But the Galleria test is about, I think, $949. But if you're really suspicious that you might have cancer, I would say skip mine and just go right to the Galleria test and rule it out. And uh, then go back and do mine and try to figure out, you know, how, if you still want to prevent cancer, then here's a way to prevent it. So I, I just found out about the Galleria one uh, actually two, two days ago. Uh, a really brilliant oncologist here in, in Florida recommended it uh, for, for people that were concerned. 
What do you think about that one? Well, well I've been, I, yeah, I was. I actually have a document up on on my screen right now. So, one of their one of their concerns is that uh, on average, the tests pick up uh, just fifty one point five percent of cancers. So, uh, and different levels like kidney cancers, eighteen point two percent compared to ninety three point five percent of lung cancers. So, depending on the cancer you have and the stage that you're at, yes. Um, and and people are different, right? People will test differently. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you're right. But that's one of the, the advantage of that is that you have all these other cancers uh, being given some consideration. But you're right. Yes. Some of them. Oh no, for sure, absolutely. Yeah. It, because uh, it's a new test, and so I would say in a year or two, it's probably going to be a lot more refined and, and a lot more sophisticated in its results predictions. But I think right now. Uh, if you want to get an idea of, of what's going on cancer-wise, um, I would say if you get 100% no cancers anywhere, it's you're, you're probably uh, you're probably in good shape. But for people that are in over 50 or 60 years old, that might be a test to take every couple of years just to make sure that you, yes, that's that's how I was looking at it anyway. Yeah, that's one thing they recommend. They do recommend it, especially for 50 and 60 year olds. Well, I think that um, the other thing I think we, we, we don't get talking about too much is people don't realize that they can, they can have radon in their house. And, 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 and radon, uh, which is a kind of a, uh, a radioactive molecule that, he, that emits from the earth. If you, if you have radon underneath your house, you're, you're, you're like sitting on uh, uh, a radioactive generator. <laughs> And, and I think that's one thing you could do as a prevention every once in a while, or when you go in to buy a new house, find out what those radon levels are. Because uh, some states are different than others in terms of those kinds of tests that they, they recommend. And the other thing is electromagnetic radiation. We now know that these 5G uh, uh, towers are coming up and everybody, everybody's gonna be on 5G. Well, this is a this is a different, uh, you know, one, two, three, four uh, Gs were different. This 5G is faster and stronger, and more likely to do some harm to the body than the other ones were. And so that's why there's a lot of communities that are going after 5G and saying we don't want it in our community. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I'm sure you have some opinions on that too. But that's another cancer risk, I would think. Yes. Uh, also, um, I would suggest going to bookmarkingewg.org and uh, looking at their all the testing that they're doing on on foodstuffs for pesticides and uh, on products, especially uh, like um, body products, skin products um, that are on a scale of dangerous. <laughs> there are a lot of dangerous products that people put on their skin. Yes, well, I, and, and I would recommend that there are tests that you can actually do. You can find them on Amazon, and uh, we've used them. And uh, you put this thing in your, uh, maybe like two locations in your house, and all these chemicals, if they're emitting and they're measurable, you're going to find them. And uh, then you have to do the detective work to find out where in the heck they're coming from. I found glue in one of the... Uh, uh, floors that was put down in my house where it was emitting it because that's where we got the strongest reaction uh, in the house and so 
I just went to Home Depot and found out what were the chemicals that were used in that glue. And sure enough, they were carcinogenic. And so I ripped out that, uh, that flooring and put in sort of what they call the green, <laughs> a, 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 a more green uh, adhesive and a better uh, product on the, uh, on, on the floor itself. And bingo, within, within uh, a, a day or two, those uh, emissions all got out of the house and uh, everything was fine. And so that's, that's really a problem and people don't even think about it. I mean, look at all the chemicals we use every day in the house um, to you know, clean, clean things up in the kitchen and the bathroom and other places. And so you're right, you, used, you said about uh, air cleaner, we use uh, water filters, mm -hmm. and uh, we do measurements to actually see what kind of chemicals are being emitted in, in our house. Uh, maybe I'm a little bit of a hypochondriac. I mean, I've always sort of confessed that that was... Well, luckily for us, you are. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's part of my makeup. But you know what? I'm just one of those people that I want to know. And, and, and I want to know ASAP. And so as soon as I find out something's working, um, I want to use it. I want to take every opportunity to take advantage of it. So, yeah, I guess that's, that's part of who I am. Uh, I hope we've given people some things to think about here because this whole idea of just treating cancer as just the core treatment approach is probably not the thing to do. You have to really think about doing it on a full spectrum basis. And if anybody's interested, uh, the Annie Appleseed Conference is going to be in, I think, Delray Beach uh, next February. I think it's the first or second week. And uh, I'll be speaking there, uh, hopefully, as long as COVID doesn't overreact and, and cause a problem. And I'd love to have anybody that's uh, listening to the radio show that wants to come down and listen to some great speakers and meet some great people and uh, just learn a lot more about the state of the art for cancer prevention and treatment. Uh, the Annie Appleseed Conference is, is one that I would recommend. Yeah, and their website's uh, annieappleseedproject.org. Okay, good stuff. Well, I hope we I hope we benefited a lot of people today. Uh, I, I know I was interested to put it all together because I'm working on this talk. And so I, I want to say thanks to John for uh, helping me out today as, as he's done for several weeks now. And I want to thank our sponsors. And I want to th thank uh, DHA Laboratories in uh, the Chicago area because uh, I have about six or seven of the tests that I've developed have been through DHA labs. And I can tell you, they've been doing this sort of preventative approach to testing for about 60 years now. And they have a lot of great, great tests that you can, you can actually recommend them or, or, or order them on your own, not, through, not just through my website, but you can order them through their website. And they have doctors, and they'll actually look, look at your situation, and, and then they'll recommend it based on what their doctor's analysis is. So you don't need to have a doctor to recommend any of these tests because the DHA has their own doctors that they use. And the other, uh, one of our companies is Paddock Pools. And Paddock Pools, when we talked about toxins before, I mean, my goodness, we know that the chlorine that, that combines with other bodily fluids in pools actually produce a, a chlorinated gas that is carcinogenic. 
and it actually depletes the vitamin D3 levels uh, through, the zinc, through the zinc pathway. And so he has a vacuum extractor. Don Baker is the CEO, and they have a vacuum extractor. And they're able to take about 95% of these chlorine toxins out of the air so that you're really breathing good oxygenated water uh, while you're doing your exercise in the pool. So that, they're probably one of the only companies that really has that sophisticated a system. And so I would really highly recommend them as well. And the third company is MPB Health. And they're kind of like an alternative to health insurance. They're called medical cost sharing. And these medical cost sharing companies like MPB Health, they really are into prevention and wellness a lot more than insurance companies are. And so they're able to reduce the overall cost of their, of their treatments because they got these really wellness programs being driven right into the system. And they're able to get cost reductions of 30 to 50% compared to what health insurance is paying. So for individuals or small groups that have concerns about their growing healthcare costs, I think MPB Health is a good alternative. You can look into, go on your website, go to their 800 number, ask for some help. They'll tell you through a straight analysis whether you're a good candidate or not. And the final one is uh, Mark Wolf is the CEO in Sarasota, Florida, with Sun uh, uh, SunTrust Financial, and SunTrust Financial Planning is really, I think, one of the only financial planning companies in North America that really goes at wellness as much as Mark does. And I've been working with him for 15 or 20 years, and so they're a financial planning company, but they're also a wellness planning company. And so they keep the two together, and uh, they're working with another group, uh, Beacon Health, uh, which is a kind of a, uh, a franchise uh, operation where they have about 50 of these more progressive financial planning groups working together across the country. So check out Mark Wolf, call him through his uh, organization in Sarasota and see if you can wanna learn more about how to do uh, wealth planning with health planning uh, being added in. So those are our sponsors. We thank, uh, we thank them. We thank our listeners for tuning in and uh, taking advantage of the information we share. And again, I thank my, my good friend and colleague, Dr. John Barson. Thanks, John. <laughs> the doctor's in quotes. <laughs> in quotes. All right. Thanks again. Bye now. <laughs>